0: Welcome to Lock and Key Unlocked, a podcast about IDW's Lock and Key and now Netflix's Lock and Key as we kick off with the very first episode of the series.
1: I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And
0: yes, it is finally here. Netflix's first season of Lock and Key, 10 episodes, is launching. Now, if this is your first time listening to Lock and Key Unlocked, we have a bunch of other episodes for you guys to check out in the Lock and Key bunch. Unlocked feed. We've been recapping every single volume of the series, as well as doing some special chats with Gabriel Rodriguez, the artist, Chris Ryle, the editor, and other things that are thrown in there. So please do check all all of that out, but we are going to talk about the very first episode of the Netflix series. Before we get into it, though, I want to talk about your impressions. Pete, we were talking before we went on. Obviously, you were very nervous from watching mm-hmm. the trailer because we care but, very deeply about the comic book series. Gabriel Rodriguez assured you it's all going to be OK. It's all fine. But talk me through
2: this. What's going on in your mind, Pete? All right. Well, first off, like, I, yeah, I, I hold this in very high regard. Like, you know, this, uh, to me is an unbelievable comic book that like, it was perfect. The art's unbelievable. The writing's unbelievable. Not only is the start amazing, but the, it ends perfectly and it's so emotional and such a journey that I was worried about what it's going to look like on television and when I saw the trailer, I got very upset, angry, because it didn't look like what I wanted it to look like or what I thought the comic book was. Um, and so, like, I really had to, like, I wanted me, I didn't want to put anything on it. So I had to, like, make sure that, like, I, like, did, like, a breathing session. I, like, set up a perfect place to watch it. Wait, did to, you say like, a breathing like, session? Yeah, like I had to breathe, like I had for to the like, first you know, time. Just me- Again. Yeah, like <laughs> meditate and just kind of like you know, like make sure that I wasn't bringing bullshit to this. Real quick, like, can I you walk
1: us be. through what that mean? I mean, I mean this seriously. What does a meditation from Pete LePage mean?
2: It's you know, it's holding weapons in your hand and just breathing in a way that you feel connected <laughs> oh, okay. and open. Just you have know a c- that kind of couple follow up questions on what you mean by yeah. weapons. Uh, yeah. You know, just you know how some. People like to have like a, a blanket that they, mm-hmm. you know, use or, you know, like a, a uh, maybe a teddy bear or something, you know, something like that. That's comforting to you. So, so you have a security weapon. Nunchucks or yeah. what was it? Yeah, it's definitely uh, my metal nunchucks.
0: Yeah. Great. Uh, so with all that out of the way and then Justin, will go over to you for your general impressions. Uh, how was it? it? Just broad strokes talking about this first episode, and we will break down all the individual pieces. How are you feeling right now, Pete? I feel glorious. Wow. wow! I'll tell you what, I was super nervous going into this podcast after how hepped up you are of the trailer. I'm so glad to hear that. That, that is yeah. a
2: huge wave of relief for me, personally. They yeah. did such a good job of like introducing you in a way that made you comfortable with who they were and what's going on that, like that moment in the car, like really got me on board. And like, they did such, and even like the opening credits with the animation and the music, like so perfect. They did such a great job of sucking you into this world in a way that, uh, was really impressive. Justin, what about you? What was your, uh, what meditative techniques did you
0: do to get ready for this? Yeah. And uh, what happened next?
1: Uh, you know, I just uh, – as a – my normal TV routine is to um, run uh, through the streets wielding my weapons just as a calming <laughs> mechanism, um, which I – obviously a katana, uh, grappling hook. Sure. I'm like a – Nice. I'm a nice, one-man dude. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle squad um, <laughs> yeah. just screaming, I'm ready to watch television before I go inside and sit and turn on the old tube. Uh, so, uh, So, yeah, once I was in that – perfect mental state i um i really i really liked it too it i was surprised i guess maybe i'm a little more surprised than pete like i was more mm. like oh this is quite different um yeah especially where right where it starts where it
2: started yeah yeah uh, and i like that because it's like hey let it go man mm. this isn't yeah. the book like we're doing something else it, well, I think there's enough touch points that happen throughout it. In the interest
0: of full disclosure, I'll say that I've watched the whole first season at this point for work, for my day job, so I can do some coverage. But this first episode, at this point, I've watched it three times, because the first time I watched it, I I don't know that I was exactly halfway between you guys, but certainly I was very nervous about how they do it, like Pete. Uh, and I was surprised about all the changes, particularly that we know the story so well to see things go differently. I love the direction. I love the writing. I love the cast, but it was hard to divorce myself from thinking, okay, this isn't welcome to Lovecraft on screen. It's something different. Right. But right. by this third time going through it, which I was watching again to prep through us taping the podcast, I think it's a really good pilot, which is something that you wouldn't expect from Netflix which is normally very decompressed. You're normally watching a 10-hour movie, but to me, they do such a good job of setting up the stakes, setting up the cast, setting up the concept of the keys, uh, setting up the house, everything that's going to go on in the season, even though it is an hour long, and the rest of the episodes are actually sub-50 minutes, they're more broadcast TV length, this is a very good pilot for a TV series, which I appreciated a lot.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I was surprised about just the way, maybe it's just the me- media moving to TV, but like I was totally connected to different characters. Mm. In, the, in the book, I'm, I like Tyler was the first character I locked onto because you're, yeah, so, you're in his head so hard. Because of the name. Ty, Tyler, yeah, I'm like, I like him. He's like me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, my, boys, as,
0: my name is Alex Kinsey. That's my full name. So I've been always more connected to Kinsey. Right. Oh, Uh, yeah. And Pete, your name is uh, Pete Ladage. Is that right? Yeah. So he connects Uh, with the villain. Yes. No, no. Bodie, man. Also, we should mention Pete lives in a well.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Don't you say that, man. People should stay away from wells. That is super clear. One of the running themes of our
1: podcast is that Pete is very nervous and fearful of wells. I was walking through New York
0: with Pete the other day, and we passed by a Wells Fargo, and he's like, not even that. Cross the other (laughs) side of the street. Too close. Exactly. (laughs) Too
1: close. And we should say also, Wells Fargo, when you give them your money, they put it in the bottom of a well. It's a very (laughs) easy bank to break.
2: Uh, It's very little. It's Wells and then Fargo because your money falls so far in that well. It's gone. (laughs) Well,
0: wait, Justin, you were saying, though, that
1: you don't. Um, So in the comic, I I definitely connected first to Tyler and then later to the other characters. Um, You were sort of in his head more as he's dealing with uh, his his loss and regret Mm -hmm. for his father. And in this pilot, I feel like you're with Bodhi. The most. Yeah. Lay out of the gate. Bodes. Um, which is a really interesting switch. Tyler seems purposefully opaque and purposefully distant. So I thought that was really, uh, that was to me the biggest change. Mm.
0: The other Uh, thing that I think and we'll talk about this more as we go through the plot, but they do a very good job of setting up things for the life of the series in this first episode that you have things like later on. We meet the Savinis, which is a very different take on Kinsey's friend group, but they take a little more time to set them up because they show up much later on in the comic book itself or Tyler's friend group. Same thing or anything that's going on with Nina to the opacity thing, purposely, Nina is very held back through much of the first three volumes, I'd say. You know, you get a little bit of an entree, but there's so much more time spent with her here and what's going on with her to give her an ongoing mystery plot. Uh, it's something that feels very TV to me in a very smart way.
2: Yeah. 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 I'm also like really impressed with how this. Is so Netflix perfect Like it is binge worthy Mm -hmm. I've never had an experience of like Oh my god that first app ended And I was like I need more I have to know Like it's so hard to stop in between I've never like really felt the draw To like keep binging something like this Clearly you've
0: never watched The Circle on Netflix Because oh man Binge worthy Wow
1: Alex, all in
0: yeah, yeah, I haven't This is I like know, a a dramatic you're... The Circle It's actually nothing like
1: that I'm, I'm What can't... a review Put it on um, the novelization Should we
0: jump into this? Should we start talking through the plot here? Uh, let's do sure. it Sure Yeah, so uh, this episode is called Welcome to Matheson It's written by Joe Hill and Aaron Eli Collette It's directed by Woo-hoo. Michael Morris I'll give a little note uh, here up top Because we get those changes right up front, it being called Welcome to Matheson instead of Welcome to Lovecraft. Uh, this is something that changed for, I believe, the Hulu pilot actually, and it's because I don't, I don't know how you guys know if know as much about this, but Lovecraft has sort of soured in the popular imagination since yeah. they released the first issue of Lock and Key. There's been a lot of talk about, hey, he actually was kind of a racist and had a lot of racist poems, so I think it's smart to change it to another horror icon, Richard Matheson, instead of H.P. Lovecraft um, going forward.
1: Yeah, and an interesting, like, sort of one-to-one change. Like, they could have just Mm -hmm. said, like, welcome to Key House or or anything, but it's funny to do a a sort of a full-on swap from uh, writer to writer. Well, this is another
0: thing that I think points to, and, and I think it happens a little bit in this episode, but not to spoil too much, but, like, it does play out down the road, is We've talked a lot about things that didn't age as well in Lock and Key, the comic book, that were still well done, but didn't necessarily pan out. And they've made changes, I think, to be more considerate for 2020. And this is the first one of this. And I think that's great. I mean, that points to Joe Hill was very involved in the creation of this show, but he doesn't feel precious about his creation. Uh, He's willing to make those changes if they make sense.
1: Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, I, th- I think that's not. This is sort of a larger topic, but like that's something we have a problem with in, in our culture a lot right now. It's like things in the past. It's we have to, we're meant to write off so much of like oh lock and key. They have that Lovecraft reference. We can't do it, and it's like no. Well, let's just change it. Like let's update it. There's no. Shame in that, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it sh- would have been a shame to lose such a great story and series that we are getting to watch now for the sake of a couple of things that just times changed and old uh, sort of bad ideas um, were there, and now we can move past them.
0: Yeah. So we do get these opening credits that Pete mentioned that I think are so charming. I love the theme. Yeah. Love the look. Very of it.
1: peppy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's great.
1: Oh my not God, God, are you at all. A fool? I <laughs> this is yeah. Oh, he's yeah. crying. Pete, grab the nunchucks. <laughs> grab the nunchucks.
2: Good call. Good call.
1: Uh, I thought there was going to be a little more horror element, uh, or like mm-hmm. sort of Me a too. haunting uh, song. But it's just like a peppy, sort of like CW style.
2: Like here we go. Look at these well, keys. I, I like it because it like not only do you get to it focuses on the keys, but it also does an animation, which is an ode to the comic book. I feel like. Mm-hmm. And uh, although it had been uh, part of me wanted Gabriel Rodriguez to draw that, but whatever And then um, I felt like the music really set this tone of like, this is not just scary There's a lot of wonder and hope in it And I was like, yeah. this does a great job of pulling you in and getting you in a certain type of mood That's yeah, a great and- point
1: there is like wonder is a is a great to sort of swap out the more gory horror details for a sense of wonder and more like Bodhi style childhood play and exploration, I think is a smart change for what the show is maybe going to be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I've seen a lot of talk about this. uh, Fans worried. Oh no. Did they not lead into the gore? Did they not lead into the horror? And I've never really thought of Lock and Key as strictly a horror book by any means. It's much closer to dark fantasy. And like we talked about, there's so many different modes of the storytelling. It's funny at points. It's heartwarming at points. And I think if this was a straight horror show with blood and gore, like a lot of the first issue of Lock and Key, though it does have those different modes, that it wouldn't quite work as well. Leaning into that family-friendly type is a very smart
1: decision. Yeah, I agree. I've never felt like this is like a bloodbath type story. It's more just like... um A story that is super hard on its characters, Mm -hmm. which doesn't necessarily mean horror. It's just like a character that – or a a story that puts its characters through like hell, true hell, nonstop. And so much tension that we're aware of all the bad things happening, and it's not the same as uh, seeing someone's uh, neck get cut open.
2: Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing. Like the comic book is has gory moments. It has those kind of star- scary, intense. You're jumping, you know, like oh shit, look out! Like that kind of horror aspect. So it's definitely there. Yeah, yeah. So with that out of the way, let's actually jump into the first scene. Well, wait, one more
1: oh, thing yeah. about this. Do you feel like it's a bit of a spoil to give away all so many of the keys in
2: the credit sequence? Yeah, I was surprised at how much information was in those credits Because they really
1: sort of explain each key, visually mm -hmm. at least At the same time you're seeing them
0: I think that's okay I like the idea because you don't If you haven't read locking key You have no idea what any of that is You don't know what it means You don't know how it plays out or anything like that so it's more of a tease and certainly we don't get all of those in the first episode. So I think it's a smart thing from the Netflix binge perspective to get people interested. You see this music box, you don't see it in the first episode. You're like, I want to know what that is. I want to keep
1: watching. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I think that that's a good way to look at it. And I guess it's a nice reminder as you're binging, if you do watch the credits each time you start over, that it's like, Oh yeah, look at all those keys. We're going to see some of them and we know what they are. We're slowly going to learn what they are.
2: Yeah. Um, Overall, I was very much impressed with how much was packed in this first episode. Yeah. Well, let's uh, jump into that first scene because this is something that is
0: completely original for the show. We've yeah. never seen this before. I you thought s- it was
1: very smart that they started on regular keys because he's holding house oh, keys. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see what so you're but you You right. don't
2: know. You don't know if they are regular keys on that. You didn't see them all. That's true. But you introduce the concept he of keys key and too, right. locks, meaning a key goes in mm-hmm, the door and mm-hmm. opens it. Boom. We're there. Right. But I thought, I was like, holy shit, is that Randall Locke? Are we going to see this right away? Like in the comic book? I was very scared early.
1: Like if you grew up in sort of a beaded door house, like if you like a sort of a mm-hmm. 60s uh, commune right, vibe, right, 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 you right. might not even know what a lock or a key is. And right. here we are introduced to
0: the well, concept. Well, I think that's a big problem, right? This man walks down the street, he pulls these things out of his pockets and he puts them into yeah. a thing. But what is it? You know, if you don't exactly. know, he needs to say, this is a key... I'm putting it in the lock, going in a door, now I am inside, now that's I'm sitting
1: ridiculous. down. That's yep. ridiculous. Then there we go. Now we're all on who the same you... page. Yeah, You guys should really watch think... The
0: Circle. That's what they do on that show.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's an accurate description of The <laughs> Circle. Is. It's a basic introduction of being a human
2: uh, over and over <laughs> it's again. It's kind of. What were you going to say, Pete? I'm just saying, who do you think this is for? Like people who babies. never It's for babies. used keys? Uh, oh, just because you
1: grew up in a door-based community, Pete? Like, I don't know. Some of us lived a little differently, uh, you know?
2: Yeah. Igloos. I'm just saying that, like, even the beaded curtains had ropes. You can tie them back every once in a while, bro. This is oh, great. You think, we're almost you think, 20 <laughs> minutes into this podcast, and we, <laughs> we're up to a guy opening the door. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> every moment just,
0: matters, Alex. I do want to talk about the scene, though, because it's a completely original scene for the show. Man gets called. The phone is told Brenda Locke is dead. He says he knows what he needs to do. Uh, he gathers a pick of some. Uh, actually, let me let me ask for some ground rules before we get into this. How much do we would t- want to talk about just purely the show versus our knowledge of what's coming?
1: I was struggling with this as well. Um, I think we should stick to the show because otherwise we'll spend the whole time being like, oh, it's just like this thing I saw. Or be like, this is not like the thing I saw. I think we should really focus on what we're seeing.
0: Right, as much as we can, I think uh, So, man uh, gets called on the phone He gathers a pick of his friends We see some floor plans He pulls out this All key, of, the key house. of Key House He pulls out the key Jabs it into his chest Flame courses through his veins And the house explodes and he dies uh, So this is, a, this is a big, bold way To suck you right into the series yeah, yeah,
1: and um, not to go back on what I literally just said, but um, I don't know oh my how this connects at all to anything from the comic series. This feels – I don't even know what it's touching on.
2: Yeah. He said it was original.
1: Yeah, I know, but a lot of times it would be a, an adaptation of something. So th- that's a, that to me is exciting. I love the introduction of a, a, what I'm going to call the flame key right out of the gate and uh, seeing what purpose that was the, it could have the, been.
2: I think that was the bomb key.
0: The bomb key? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm going to go with Flame Key as well uh, The other thing, the thing that I like about this and overall about this episode is about We get this huge action-y thing right at the beginning But at that point, there's really, other than a very quick glimpse of the ghost door There's no magic for about a half an hour and then after yeah. the first bit of magic in half an hour, there's nothing for another 15 minutes. And it isn't until the last five to 10 minutes of the entire hour-long pilot that we get this huge, exciting action suspense sequence. And I just love the structuring of that. I love it because it lets you sit with the characters, get sucked into everything, enjoy them before it starts throwing in the supernatural mystery again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know. I do think this scene points to – this opening sequence points to a larger maybe conspiracy side to mm-hmm. Key House or like the keys because we have someone we who we don't meet on the phone calling and it feels like it's something they've planned for. Rendell Locke is dead and he's like, I know what I have to do. So we don't know anything about this, but there's multiple people in multiple places involved in the mystery of Key House. So I think that's going to be very different. the The original story felt like it was super isolated and focused on this one place. Well, mm-hmm. the, this show has already opened up to a larger world.
0: Yeah. yeah, and then we cut to three months later. We meet Kinsey, Tyler, Bodie, and Nina driving in the car. This is the establishment of our family. We touched on this a bit, but what did you guys think about this scene?
2: I uh, I was really moved by it. I think it did the car scene did a great job of like showing who's who, how everybody's feeling. Like everybody got a little time on camera and really set up. This family, as they're kind of driving to their new home. And like, I'm so happy because I was so worried because Gabriel Rodriguez's art is so beautiful. You better take time during the show and like show us amazing things that would be like somebody drew it. And then when the mom's like, Look, we're here. And Bodie like wipes off the window and goes, Whoa. And you see this wide shot of them like driving this pic picturesque road and it's it's a beautiful moment i'm so glad that they're doing stuff like that uh
1: yeah i agree i think uh this was a great scene and to meet the characters in the way we did uh not super we didn't you know see learn a ton about any of them like i said i think Bodie's sort of the one that pops the most um kinsey sort of get her vibe she's drawing in the back uh Tyler feels like the most distant, the most lost in his own world. Nina feels like she has it more much more together than I would have expected. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then I love this conversation they have uh what what's one sense you could get would get rid of if you had to? Yeah. What do you what would you guys answer to that?
2: What's the ones? You got to say serious question first, Justin. Come on, bro. Serious (laughs) question. Serious question. Well, let Uh, me
1: say, the reason I ask, we had the same conversation New Year's Eve this year, and it led to a very long uh, um, alcohol-infused conversation that was like an argument at points. Like It was uh a real conversation starter.
0: Oh, Oh, nice. Wait, what
2: did you choose then? Why don't you kick it off?
1: I chose smell. Oh, yeah? Forget smell.
2: You love other senses, or you need those ones. Yeah, but in a fire or something like that, that could really cost you, man. How often are you in a fire? Yeah.
0: I would say my fun. nose is I've usually pretty stuffed up, so I could probably do without smell as well. Certainly wouldn't want to get rid of sight or touch or taste or hearing.
1: Or Maybe my sixth sense.
0: I could get rid of my sixth
2: sense because honestly, dude,
1: you need that, man. <laughs> I guess you need you see dead people.
2: I do. Yeah. Uh, what about I you? Would also, I would also say say the same thing because was it uh and Andy uh like uh circus like uh the dude Andy uh, circus? he doesn't have smell Andy uh, circus no 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 the um Sedacus Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sedacus Jason Jason yeah uh, and oh, so right. He's <laughs> fine he's fine and so you would He's match. fine he's doing great man he's got a family he's doing he, uh, like, he's got a career he's living the life he can't smell shit I would <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is such a funny thing. Such a funny reference to me. New York would be so much better if you couldn't smell, man. Come on. Yeah, I guess we're biased. We all live in New York. I would argue there's people all around the world who are missing every sense, uh, one one sense of each sense that are also living fine. But Sudeikis, he's funny. He's doing well.
0: What you know? I liked about this scene, instead of the car, just to get back to that for a moment, is I think every, they do just a nice... Subtle job of setting up the family dynamic here uh, where mm-hmm. it could be stilted It's very hard to take a bunch of actors who don't really know each other throw them in a car and make them work But it feels very natural. It feels like a natural family conversation and that's what you need out of this scene. Yeah. the scene o- The other thing that you get that we get a little bit more of as we go and I think To the point of holding back of the blood and gore, they're nowhere near as bloody as it was in the first issue of the book. But we get Nina flashing back to the night Rendell was murdered, which we see more of later. And I like how they parse out this information throughout through Nina's flashbacks. I I think it's smart.
2: I was worried because it was three months and I was like, oh, my God, we're going to skip the death. And I was so excited because I was like, yeah, we don't have to relive that horrible thing that happened to this family. They're just going to go past it. And then we still got it. And I was like, oh, no.
1: And I love the way um, throughout the episode we get the different uh, points of view. We get Tyler's point of view on it. Um, and it really uh, it set the death of Rendell Locke up as the organizing event and catalyst of what put everything in motion to put them at Key House for what we're about to see. Yeah uh, So then the next scene As
0: we mentioned They drive into Batheson We get established At Batheson It looks perfectly right As a little small town And they go to Get some ice cream And a couple of quick Things happen here First of all Bodie, Though we don't meet them Until later on Sees Rufus And his mom Ellie yeah. On the street Oh which dude is fun. I got
2: choked up It's great So as soon as I saw Rufus I was like Oh god
0: it's yeah. great. I like uh, them setting up the action figures early, the uh, G.I. Yeah. Joes or whatever they are, uh, which is awesome. And then they go to the ice cream shop, and we get another little change for the book. Uh, but I think, again, a very smart change. Scott is working there. Scott is a character from the book. He seems a little different yeah. here. He's not as much a spider Jerusalem English punk, though he does have the English accent. Uh, and he gives them free ice cream. And another not necessarily subtle, but well done smart thing is he gives them the ice cream and says, discount, you know, it's free on the house for the family. They're like, we don't need your pity. And he's like, no, it's to welcome you to Matheson. And I think it very well, very simply sets up the Locke family's relationship to Matheson where they're going to be very standoffish, at least at first. And it also sets up Scott as this very welcoming entity, particularly towards Kinsey. Yeah, yeah, and
1: he's not as obsessed with her as he was in the book. He's just like a, a, a slightly uh, weird oh, kid who puts himself out there.
2: No, he straight up stalks her. Later, he finds where she's eating. She's like, he's like, I've been looking for you everywhere. So yeah, he's pretty obsessed.
1: But, but he's less, it's less like, I need to be dating you, or I, need, I love you, or uh, that vibe. And more like, oh, I'm interested in you. I want to help you. I think that's the way I took it anyway.
0: Yeah, it's definitely it's slightly on the wrong side of stalking a little bit because he is following around and just talking to her all the time. But uh, at the same time, to your point, Justin, I think this Scott is mostly about welcoming Kinsey into town. He wants her to be happy, wants to be welcoming to her. uh, And he sees it like a project that he could kind of work on, I think. Uh, So he gives them the free ice cream and then they get to Key House let's stop there for a second what'd you think about keyhouse What was your thought about that
1: I was cool it was more uh, it was much more colorful than the mm-hmm. key house um, in the book um, yeah. and felt more like uh, it just like pops out of the horizon almost storybook it gives it already this sort of fantastical vibe when yeah. it, the key house I'd always imagine was a little bit more like darker mysterious haunted housey mm-hmm. and, yeah
2: it and it's uh, Tyler does a great way of kind of like s- Summing it up But it is like Both beautiful and creepy At the same time Uh, But it does have this ominous feel Because it's like They're literally driving to it And it's the only thing for Miles And it's kind of in this clearing So super creeps Yeah, I think It's interesting you note about the colors Because in the book
0: I I believe what they It's mostly reds and blacks And here there's a lot more greens uh, lighter reds. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think you're right. I, I didn't really pick up on the storybook thing, but I think you're absolutely right about that. Uh, and then we get another smart TV thing, I thought, where Uncle Duncan shows up. He gives them party hats. Bodie is hanging on his leg very briefly, which is very fun. Yeah. And we yeah. get a tour of the house. And like the establishment of the family, to me, there's just such a smart TV thing to do is geographically walk us through all the places we're going to continue to explore over the course of the show and just set it up. I like that quite a bit.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, Especially like this is the whole premise of Lock and Key is in television It's uh, hard to introduce and hard to establish like, hey, this is going to be a pretty wild magic story where keys are magic and here's how they all work. They all work slightly different. So I do think getting as many details sort of on the table in such a smart way really sets us up for success. Um, I mean, they can't rely on on most viewers having read so much of the material coming into episode one.
0: I mean, the large majority of viewers, because it is Netflix, are not going to. You know, they – just click on stuff. They're looking for the new thing that weekend that's featured. So if anything, I think the great thing about this is because the show is so strong, people are going to go back hopefully and read the books after this and find a new fresh take on the story. Um, but yeah, they're they're gonna have no idea. They're gonna see the Cabra pass by the ghost door. You get that ominous tone as Tyler walks past it, but there's no explanation. Unlike the first issue of the series, we don't see the ghost key, we don't see what happens with the ghost door or anything like that. It's just a tantalizing bit of information.
1: Uh one thing also in this sequence, um Tyler and Kinsey feel very much closer in age. They feel like a little bit more of a unit. Um, Mm -hmm, Yeah. When I sort of, I've always seen them as three, the kids as three separate sort of pods. Um, Yeah. And this feels that they are almost um, like tandem in a way. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. If they had revealed that they were twins or something like that, I wouldn't necessarily have been surprised. I think Tyler is still supposed to be older than Kinsey. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, to your point, that I like that choice too. I mean it feels it feels like what they do later on is they lean a little bit more into teen drama area and uh, that maybe part of that is aging Kinsey up a little bit
2: and maybe aging Tyler down. Yeah. Yeah. Also like the the fact that a lot of them are having these flashbacks is very uh interesting storytelling in a way that like letting you know that this really still is affecting them so much. So after the tour and
0: after Uncle Duncan does some sweet, sweet puns, which actually are something taken right for the book. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not those exact puns, but just the Locke family doing terrible puns. Uh, Tyler goes out and is very awkwardly smoking at the cliffs like it is the first time he's ever smoked a cigarette. Uh, Kinsey comes up and talks to him. And uh, they have a very sweet conversation, and I'll tell can a selfie for their dad, which Nina, as she puts Rendell's urn full of his ashes on the mantle, gets the text from the kids and flashes back to the night it all happened. I know I skipped past a bunch of things there, so before we get into the flashback proper, any notes on those? Yeah. Was,
1: uh, was he smoking a cigarette,
2: or was yeah, he smoking Yeah, I thought it was weed? a joint. Oh, was yeah. It, yeah. A it was enjoyed. a joint. But uh, also, so like, hey, the Alex- way—
0: uh be cool all right i mean i'm a i'm a I'm a cop, so I just got yeah. you guys. you know what choices yeah. are
1: Tyler's yeah. smoking one of those jazz cigarettes
2: out on the cliff, <laughs> uh, uh, some of the devil's lettuce there, yeah, so like I just like the fact that he couldn't light it like it was he was shaking and like you know having a hard time like
1: and what I like about it if it indeed was weed, and the reason I say that is later, um Kinsey calls out Tyler for having red eyes.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah
1: so I do think that um, if he's sort of performatively trying to smoke weed to deal with his uh, the trauma of his father's death mm-hmm. like I think yeah. that's just such a good character choice and sort of the thing of like a teenager doesn't know what to do so it's like well uh, maybe I can just be cool and just like be high and let that fix my problems yep. and to do all that with just this him not being able to do it and not over explaining it, I thought it was just such a cool scene. The drowning cave that we see below is super scary and way farther yeah. down than... Yeah. Uh, so I love that. That whole scene, I thought, was just one of the smartest uses of time um, in this in this. Yeah, pilot. yeah,
2: because you really got a lot of who Tyler is yeah. and kind of what he's going through. And you do get to see the caves because he's moved so much. Like, he was going to spark it up early, but then sees this amazing view and is, like, kind of drawn towards it a little bit. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you get so much about their relationship, their dynamic and... Uh, Yeah, it's one of my favorite scenes of the first up. So then we do get this flashback as Nina gets the picture of Kinsey
0: and Tyler, and we get a lot of information there. There's a little bit of a change to profession with her, I believe, where she is repairing some stained glass windows. She's painting them. uh, And that's something that I think she's doing with Key House a little
1: bit later on as well. It made me think, do they flip houses? I think so. Uh, Rendell and Nina yeah so that that's interesting um, uh, and I think it does
2: connect her more to the house a little bit just mm-hmm. from yeah. uh, a creative she does point. say she needs a project so yeah if she flips houses this would be a perfect fixer upper for her well it, it does also- sound like oh, that's what
1: Duncan wants That their plans on them doing is fixing the house up and then selling it And I think thematically, that's also such a smart
0: move for Nina because she is so tied to mending and fixing things and to make that part of her job, part of her character that she can do throughout the season. I like that quite a bit. If she's trying to fix the house, if she's trying but can't fix herself, that's a good thematic thing to lay in for her.
1: Uh, And and one Um, thing before we go into the flashback, I love that they text a picture to their dad's phone number, uh, even though he's dead. Um, because that was such a cool choice interesting choice that connection to something beyond I think sets them up as like thinking a little bit differently and like moving past logic and being like no this makes us feel better like the emotion of doing that for no other reason than to feel like they still have that connection sets them up as being perfectly ready to handle the magic they're about to confront.
2: Also, like, yeah, and I completely agree with that. But then also, like, it's so funny because the mom is having a moment with the urn where, you know, uh, her husband is. And then the text comes up and it's for her dad and the look on her face for their dad. Her husband is just like. Holy crap. And she looks back at the urn like, did you just do this? Yeah. (laughs) It's fucked up.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's very sad. We do get the flashback. We get to see Sam Lesser coming in, pointing a gun. Oh, my God. A
2: perfect Sam Lesser. So creepy in all the right ways. Holy shit.
0: Here's a crazy thing that I found out uh, while tweeting with some of the folks behind the scenes. Uh, Thomas Mitchell Burnett, I think that's his name, who plays Sam Lesser, actually played Rufus in the Hulu pilot. And they liked him so much, they recast him as Sam for the show.
1: That's wild. Yeah. And that kind of
2: goes into what Gabriel Rodriguez was talking about during our show when we interviewed him, was this idea that like they needed those failures to kind of get things right mm -hmm. to get to this place. Well, because also we only see him
0: briefly, but Kobe Bird, who plays uh, Rufus, is so great and so perfect as well. And we'll see more of him as the show goes on. Uh,
1: I was a... uh, off put by how in the, in the comic, Sam Lesser feels like a little bit ageless or a little bit outside of, he's not like a normal kid, normal looking kid yeah. because of yeah. the way he's drawn. And this is like, Oh shit, he's a kid. Yeah. Uh, he walks in and, you know, shoots Nina, which is also a change. And, uh, that was a big surprise. And then it kills Rendell And it's like a child doing it And that was mm-hmm. more unsettling In the book he, he can, You already know he's going to be He has issues And you see it coming a little bit more And this was like, whoa! Uh, yeah. So that was, that was interesting Well, and I
0: think that uh, Sets up a little bit He becomes much more sympathetic Even in a very effed up kind of way <laughs> Later on in the book And I think that plays into the casting as well To your point, he looks younger He looks the same age as Tyler, which is what he's supposed to be. Yeah. Uh, then we get one of the most iconic scenes in Lock and Key. Bodie wanders out of the house, oh goes to God. the wall, takes a Polaroid photograph, drops it. The photo pops right back up and he says, hello, are you my Echo? And the Echo says, yes, I am Bodie." I right. thought they executed this perfectly.
2: Okay. I felt like, it was so awesome. It could have the first episode could have ended there. It was like such an amazing moment. Well they're about twenty minutes in, so that would have been kinda of short. But. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying like just how dramatic mm-hmm. of a moment that was, and it like that's almost kind of like a fade to the back roll credits moment. It's so powerful, yeah. is all I'm saying. Yeah, you just yeah, bump it was, up the dent, uh,
0: dan,
2: yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Back
1: in yeah. black. Yeah. a uh, uh, nice. Uh that would have been a wild I couldn't choice. tell if
2: you were doing Thunderstruck or Back in Black. It was a little Whatever you want to do. Okay.
1: Um, I love the choice to give him the Polaroid camera and have that be playing out this yeah. whole time. And, uh, yeah,
2: great, just great scene. The, the framing shot of, like, you see the well, it's right in front of you, and then the three windows that are just open with kind of bars on it, and then... Bodies trying to kind of squeeze through that one window. It's just such an amazing shot and I feel like belongs in a comic book. It's like so yeah. Someone well should do done. a comic book of that. Yeah, it's just the <laughs> cinematography. I'm so happy they're doing shots like this. I was so worried it was gonna be focused on the people and the action. The fact that they're still the well. doing tonal shots and like really committing to the art of the comic book is just so great.
1: Now, Pete, are you afraid of regular holes in the ground as well? Or is it purpose? Is it specifically little holes with little bricks, circles around them?
2: Yeah, it's strictly Wells. But uh, yeah, if I see like a giant hole in the ground, I'm not going to go anywhere near that either. And it's also
0: H.G. Wells stories, right? Because I tried to give you that copy of the time machine and you threw it back at me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> not for me uh, So a couple of things Happened really quickly uh, We mentioned The uh, conversation Where Duncan and Nina Are talking about the house uh, Duncan doesn't like it But he's not sure why Nobody believes Bodhi About the well Or the echo Oh Which also so Straight out of the book Uh And then we get A great scene In the morning That I think Continues to do A really good job Of establishing Nina Or this take on Nina She's making breakfast For them And it's very bad Which Yeah I thought it was very fun. She is unable to handle anything. Clearly, the kids are handling everything. Kinsey gets a little bit of a new look. Uh, and it, it, again, it like paced out throughout it, bringing the family back together versus setting them off on these separate missions uh, really emphasizes the bond there very nicely.
1: Uh, yeah, I agree. I also like the um, when the Nina and Duncan are talking, she mentions Brian. Um, which I believe is Duncan's partner, mm-hmm. yeah. and in the in the comic, I think Duncan was hiding that he was gay, and in this, he's uh, he's out to the family anyway. And I thought that was like a, a nice update to the character. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. That, the sequence of Bodie busting and flipping off the house, I thought was also very funny. This is all
2: oh, that that the Aloha moment was so great, and it was such like a little kid. Like once they have a fun thing like that, the fact that they. Don't let go, and they keep doing. It. I just, oh, it was such the a, whole
0: Aloha bit is great, but uh, to me it almost means more than just the bit because that was the moment to me that crisped in that at least with this first episode, what I think they're going for, which is it felt very Goonies to me that yeah. you have this like very dirty yeah, but call. clean joke that plays out throughout. It's so funny the way Jackson Robert Scott delivers the Aloha later on, yeah. flipping off nita and saying aloha yeah, um, yeah hilarious but very fun like it makes it more treasure hunty and makes it more adventurous, and it is like the the fox pilot was produced by steven spielberg and i think they got towards this but not all the way but this really does capture that old amblin entertainment style of adventure so so well and i think that humor is part and parcel of it
1: Goonies is such a good touchstone uh, I hadn't thought of that before But it's great and, and spot on Where there's magic Everywhere throughout the journey And it's just Walking into the next piece of it And I feel like that's the way This show is going to Sort of spill out
0: Yeah Yeah So then we get uh, Some scenes at Matheson Academy uh, Kinsey over here Is a girl that we later learn Is Eden And another girl uh, I keep blanking on her name I'll look it up later uh, That Tyler hits on at the party They're talking about Kinsey Don't realize she's listening But it clearly Puts her off so that Kinsey is hiding under the stairs, as we mentioned earlier. Scott has a very sweet, funny conversation with her about Sriracha and Filonia and explains that he is part of a group called the Savini's inspired by the master of modern gore. uh, And they love horror and invites her to come over, Um, which I like the scene quite a bit. I thought that was fun. I thought the note about your Hogwarts letter is never going to come written there. It just makes the whole school like the house feel more lived in.
1: Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, And then we also get uh, Tyler playing hockey Uh, in the middle of that. He flashes back to Rendell being killed uh, and then the flip side of it, two dudes who he plays hockey with, are like, dude, it's so cool that your dad was killed. You're going to totally get laid at this party. Yeah. Which felt very teen to me in exactly yeah. the right way.
1: Brinker. We get Brinker the jerk right uh, right there out of the gate. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love having him there. He's such a good, like, 80s style rich kid movie uh, villain. And he's mm-hmm. well cast.
0: Yeah, uh, now let's get to the next thing because there's another big change for the TV series that I'm curious to get your beat on. Uh, but we get Bodie skating around the house. We get that fun Aloha moment, wheelies, wheelies uh, with Nina. He's like, "Nope, don't want to go into town with you. Thanks so much." Stays back. He's watching TV, eating sugary cereal. Oh At yeah, living the life. He hears some whispering, and this is technically speaking a big change from the books. Where he finds out from the echo, the lady in the well, she explains the keys, say they whisper to special people, go find me these keys, find all the keys in the house. So the keys whisper.
2: What do you think about this? So this was one of the things that I was really worried about because I spotted it in the trailer. Now, they did have the whispering iron in the book. So like it's not I mean, it's still kind of a part of it, but the keys whispering is completely different. I was a, at first disappointed, but then seeing it in action, I feel like that's cool because that way, you know, if they've got to get to things, if they're not trying, you know, cause it's like, what are they trying to fit in this first season? So it's like, I think it's a great shortcut that really helps kind of talk about how special Bodhi is and how he's the really important to this family.
1: Uh, yeah. I like, I think it works. Um, uh, to me, the, Cat like finding the keys by accident always uh, that makes a little bit more sense and makes it a little harder to find them mm-hmm, since yeah. so much of the story is like God we got to find these keys it's hard to find keys if my car keys were whispering to me I would never oh, lose man. them yeah yeah I
0: I think it's a smart TV choice uh, yep. I understand yep. where you're coming from Justin but I think in terms of keeping the action going and right. It seems it's a short lift from saying it's made out of whispering iron, which we don't know yet in the TV show, um, to saying, oh, what if the iron actually whispered to people? Uh, and yeah, it removes a little bit of the treasure hunt thing, but you still get those things of Bodhi wandering through the house, going into that gross drain and pulling out a key and all these
2: other things. And Yeah, great place to keep a key in a garbage disposal. Ugh, oh, I hate that. Uh What's disposal disposal. I know. I hate
1: reaching into a garbage disposal. Very oh. horrifying. Um, but I and I, I agree with you. It also will help point um, if it's like Bodie can hear it because he's the youngest and the most like uh, available Magical. to believe in fantastical things. And then if the other kids start to tune into that because it seems like they don't, they can't hear the keys at mm-hmm. first, and as they fall deeper into the mystery of the house they'll start to hear the keys whispering. I think that's very cool as well, as if the, the power to hear them spreads through as you get more drawn in.
2: Yeah, but we don't know if they'll
1: be able to hear the whispering yet. I bet they will. Okay. So then we get the
0: establishment, the first official key, which is the Anywhere Key. Bodhi discovers
2: it's in Kinsey's bracelet, breaks yeah, it out. Yeah, but was great. They showed that bracelet before, and you mm-hmm. can kind of see a little bit of a key. So I'm so glad... That they kind of did that uh, Because they gave us a little hint And then didn't make us wait too long And then we're like, yeah, the bracelet Yeah, and so he breaks it out of there
0: He wants ice cream, it doesn't quite work Uh, And then he Uses the key in the door, of course Is able to use the Anywhere key to go right to Scott's ice cream shop, steal some
2: Vanilla ice cream from him Yeah, doesn't pay for it, smooth about it Little jerk, little jerk Scamp yeah no, I mean he got free ice cream from before. I think he's just you know he just he, thinks ice cream's free, yeah, yeah, there you go, totally reasonable
0: he uh oh we also mentioned about aging, they certainly aged Bodie up a little bit, but I think Jackson yeah. Robert Scott is so perfect for the role. it kind of does matter,
1: yeah, yeah, and I love that the, the way they show the anywhere key and he goes to the ice cream shop, which we've already seen before, like it was such a well set up whole thing mm-hmm. uh, yeah. really nice.
0: And then they immediately find out, uh, Bodhi goes back, says, I got this key. It can take me anywhere. And Kizzy says, fine, take me to the Eiffel Tower. And it doesn't work. So she, of course, doesn't believe him. Uh, As we find out later on from the echo, you need to have seen the door to be able to travel to the door. Or there at least needs to be a door there. Uh, So I like that. I mean, that's right from the books. But I like that because it establishes there are rules about the keys. They can't do just anything.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, right around here, I think we see the the high school photo mm-hmm. um, of Rendell and the gang from the past. That was so cool to see. And obviously, we don't know anything about that now. Um, very Much more chill, regular photo than uh, the <laughs> yeah. other than what yeah. we've seen in, in the comic.
0: Yeah. We also get an important thing here where Kinsey is talking to Nina about it. And they're clearly clashing. You know, as much as this is a family. So harsh. Yeah. So harsh. Well, they've gone through this traumatic experience, and if I was to venture a guess, part of the theme of the entire series, for however long it goes, is bring this family back together. You know, because that's what the book is about as well, is can they fix themselves after the trauma of their father being murdered in front of them? Uh, And that's kind of an open question, but I think it does lead to clashes like this where Kinsey doesn't understand why they're in Matheson.
2: Also, like, such a great line, like, such a great line to be like... uh you know, dad never spoke in platitudes like this. And it, it like says so much about their relationship and, and such a small amount of time shows so much. So then we get the second new key of the episode.
0: Entirely new here. Uh, Bodhi hears whispering, as he said, he reaches into the garbage disposal. I'm so glad I have never had a garbage disposal because horrifying, but he finds this key. It talks to the echo And another thing that I want to call out here because we go back to her is I love the way they slowly reveal the actress as Echo.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Also, like in kind of horror movies, in scare, anytime someone puts their hand in a garbage disposal, it ends horribly. So like that moment of just like sticking his hand in his garbage disposal, I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely awful. Uh, So the Echo explains to him. The Echo
0: tricks him. Uh, and says, he says, I want to see my dad again Is there a key that can do that? And she says, oh, if you use the mirror key there's, uh, You can see the dead again yeah. uh, And uses very and- carefully Words there uh, Before we get back to that Before we get to the mirror key, though We hop over to a high school party Tyler is talking to a girl at the party Eden interrupts They hook up But as they're hooking up, Sam pops up And he freezes up And he can't do it uh, yeah. I, I like the scene quite a bit for Tyler because it shows very clearly the trauma that he is going through, uh, yeah. in a very different
2: way that he did than we saw it in the comic book. Yeah. yeah I just, I just want to go back one second and just say like the fact that, you know, at this point just, we just know her as the echo, like saying like, show it to your mom was such a powerful, creepy line as well.
1: Yeah, just try. I mean, I feel like the echo is trying to get the adult out of the way. Yeah, because the echo feels like she can handle the kids a little bit easier. Obviously, she's telling Bodie whatever she wants, and he's doing it. Yeah, um, but yeah, about the Tyler scene. Yeah, it's um, we're not in Tyler's head. We just are sort of watching him, and this was a good way rather than have him like frozen in time and not able to act at anything. He's at least out there trying to be a normal kid but unable to do it because of the trauma.
0: And then we see yeah. the same thing on the flip side with Kinsey, where she makes her first visit to the Savinis. We meet all of Scott's friends. There's only four, three, two other friends that he has, four total, including Kinsey, which she's immediately thrown by. I will mention it as a little note because we do a Riverdale podcast called Riverdale After Dark. Uh, one of the Savinis is played by Asha Bromfield, who is Melody Jones on Riverdale. Mm. Don't know if you guys picked up on that, Uh, but there you go—a little bit of uh, Josie and the Pussycats action going on.
1: Now, uh, as uh, we've talked about previous on this podcast, um, there in the comic book, we were drawn in as different characters. Um, The character of LePage is one of the friends of uh, Scott with one T. Is the guy on the ladder the Pete
2: of the Lock Lock and Key TV series? I think I think he has a different name. I think he has a yeah, different Yeah, I think name. I, got, I got cut out of the TV show, guys. No, and man, replaced can,
1: with just another dude.
0: No, you can totally play teen, buddy. Absolutely. No, thanks, man. Yeah. Thanks. Would you want, if they were like, hey, Pete, come play a teenager on this show, would you do that? Hell yeah. Are you kidding me? Uh, they'd be like, great. Uh, you're way
1: too old. All right. Uh, but right. We- de-aging software. They definitely yeah, exactly. spend the money to get... One of us in there uh, yeah, I also like this scene
0: Yeah Take that Irishman money And put it to De-aging yeah. Pete Very specifically To play a teenager On lock and key So I like this scene as well Because they're watching A horror movie I think it's Dawn of the Dead Day of the Dead uh, And they're just Ripping it apart Just having a great time They start talking about Final girls And oh. Kidsy Walks out and it'll flip storms out, out. storms out Flips out at Scott and is like no Final girls aren't like that sometimes They freeze sometimes they're too Scared that's not how it happens in real life And Scott of course is a dumb Idiot that he was like come Watch this bloody gory horror movie And yep. I liked I Love how the actor who's playing Scott Is playing it because there's a softness And sweetness to him
1: That wasn't necessarily present in the book
2: yeah. oh it was It It was there. It was just more hidden. I feel like he just
1: makes, he just keeps making mistakes because he's a kid and he very blindly walks into like continually harming this relationship that he really wants to go well.
0: Yeah. By the way, I looked up his name. It's uh, Patrice Jones, but I think he's doing a great job. I, I ship him. I ship him with Kinsey already guys. Yeah. There we go. Uh, But yeah, she walks home. Tyler picks her up and then we end in head into our final sequence here. Which is the big action suspense sequence uh, Bodie uses the mirror key And immediately sees a super creepy Super evil Bodie. So oh, creepy Oh my god Run away Now uh, All of this was I, really well done I assume most viewers realize this uh, But Jackson Robert Scott played Georgie The little yellow rain-coated kid from It Who says We all float down here Uh, And it's horrifying in that movie. He worked with Andy Machete, who directed it, um, who directed the Hulu pilot. So such a great holdover. I love that he's pure and innocent and funny, except for this one moment in the mirror, which is like, oh, right. That's Georgie. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So he's in the mirror. Nina walks up. She sees her double Darby Stanfield also doing a great job being horrifyingly creepy in the mirror. Yeah. Uh, and she walks into the mirror and gets What's... lost into this mirror world. Uh, I just want to, like, sort of brush through the sequence so that we can go back and talk about the different bits of it. OK. Um, but uh, Bodhi gets scared. Echo says, quick, give me the anywhere key. It escapes. Uh, so they're left on their own. Tyler ultimately goes after Nina in the mirror. He has a rope tied around him. There are skeletons in there. So, in fact, people have died in the mirror world. Uh, And Tyler and Nina close their eyes, find each other again. They pop out of the mirror. Nina immediately forgets. And they say, what is this place? And then there's one scene after that, a tag, which we'll get to in a moment. But let's talk about this whole mirror sequence. What What did you think about it? What was going on? What was your general impression? Because, again, totally original for the show.
1: Yeah, the key's new, the whole scene's new. Like I love the way it added the creepy element that, like, this is a dangerous thing. And then all the characters wander into it, which is something I feel like that's going to happen over and over again. Um, the, the fact that Echo just takes advantage of the situation and the plans are working uh, for her, really like that. We know she's a threat. We don't know how to stop her. She just twists Bodhi around. And then... Um, the The fact that they're all exposed to magic immediately and together, yeah. uh, it, it was great, and it was such a, a fun way to use the same devices of the ghost door that we that happened in the original story, and um, bring it in for everyone. Still make it scary and dangerous, but have it be every all the kids are on the same page at the same time.
2: Yeah, uh, no fucking way! I would walk through a fucking creepy ass mirror. Um, so that was just weird to me. Like why the mom would do that. Um, well, but- I think
0: it draws you in. That's pretty clear based on the magic. Like Bodhi seems to be able to resist it, but the way that Darby Stanchfield plays it, it feels like almost the spell comes over Nina where she just starts walking into the mirror. That's the only thing you can do.
2: I jump. Yeah. I'd, I'd walk through a mirror. Yeah. I, I, you couldn't pay me enough. If the if my reflection is creepy and then it's like, follow me, no. Hell no. You don't if trust yourself? Like, I'm not, not an evil mirror version of myself. Hell no. Not with a wicked face if I was more happy and there was like more sunshine behind my reflection than maybe. But it was super <laughs> evil and creepy. But yeah, it was kind of crazy how it was like the mom just kind of like went ghost face and then walked in. Uh, but i did love the touch of like bodie opening the door after echo leaves and grabbing the rope like such a smart mm-hmm. kid thing to do
1: yeah i do think um on this why she walked into it i think the the place was called um the or the place of self reflection or something yeah and i think the Locke family is especially vulnerable to that um and maybe that's why she was drawn in so quickly because she hasn't been able to deal with these horrible events. And so the going to a place where all you have is to figure out your walk through your problems or obsess about your problems makes Mm -hmm. sense why she was drawn immediately into it.
0: I, yeah, yeah, I love the secrets overall. I mean, I think to that point also when she touches the mirrors, they break, which is she can only get so close to self-reflecting before it starts to break her into a million pieces. And that ultimately, Tyler and Nina close their eyes and they need to trust each other and rejoin each other as a family. They have that hug and fall out of the mirror, I think, from an emotional level is so smart because it doesn't get them all the way to catharsis. But it is what you need to do in that first episode of the show to bring them part of the way there.
1: Yeah, like you can't if you if you try to deal with these horrifying problems by yourself, you can easily get lost with them if you close your eyes, get out of your own head for a second, and open up to your family, then you can move forward and and be rescued. And I think that they just physicalized and uh, showed us that rather than having to tell us that. And I think that, to your point, Alex, is setting up how they will
2: succeed throughout the rest of the season. That's deep, man. That's real deep. I also was worried when they got (laughs) out of the mirror and the mom wasn't acting normal. I was like, oh, my God, I hope she's not some creepy, like, evil mirror version of herself like one of the you know you see so many of her in that mirror I was like maybe they grabbed the wrong mom no
0: I I don't that's not what it was I mean I think you know we know what's going on we're not going to talk about spoilers but
2: I realized that but I had just had a moment where the mom wasn't like I was waiting for maybe that creepy smile would Mm. come back but but that just like talks about how tense that moment is and how well they're kind of playing with it.
0: Yeah, I love this whole sequence. I love how it was filmed. I love the music in it in particular is great. And then they amp up the music even more for this last scene where we get to see Sam Lesser. He's in prison and somebody has come to visit him. And of course, it's the echo. uh, And she says, I told you I would come see you. And that's how we add the episode. Uh, To your point about keeping it binge-worthy, If you don't know the story, I love this moment, because why would you think these two people are working together or do each other? Uh, And that really starts to bring together the mystery of the show in a big way.
1: Yeah.
2: Unbelievable ending. So So that all said, let's
0: unlock our key moment for this episode. Pete, we'll start with you. What was your key moment in this episode?
2: I really feel like it was the uh, joint uh, on the cliff's edge moment where it was like (laughs) you get to see the where a lot of shit's going to go down. Like they tease that, but they do it in such a beautiful way of like, even though there's so much horrors in that cave, it's also kind of beautiful and drawing the main characters to that. So like and the fact that he's so messed up, he can't use a lighter it. I just felt like that was such a a key moment and so beautiful and powerful. Justin, what about you? Key moment?
1: Uh, for me, it was Bodie um, on his wheelies rolling around the house. Yeah, um, really. Just, he, he's I love wheelies. Can you believe these wheels in his shoes? It's crazy. Yeah.
2: It's crazy. Did you see the like dust marks from when he was like? That's like how dirty it is. Yeah.
1: A uh, very cool uh, little production choice for that. Um, but I do think it establishes him as sort of the central uh, figure in the show, the catalyst, the The fact that he is sort of uh, – he's has the, he's the youngest. He's the most able to believe in the key house. He is going to set everything in motion. He's e- the most easily tricked by Echo, but he's also the one who will bring them the keys. He's the key master. He is the key master. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I love that. I
2: just want to say one quick thing, though, that we didn't really talk about in the flashback we got to see the the kind of murder of the dad a little bit but I was kind of laughing a little bit that Tyler was locked out and he couldn't get in you were because laughing? he didn't have the key. <laughs> well, he didn't have the key. He was locked out he because the he forgot yeah. keys and I was like, "All right, guys. Okay."
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's the scene that establishes locks and the first yeah. scene establishes keys. important keys are. And now see, keys, it you need keys. All comes together.
2: Also, it was a little weird to me that it was like, oh, okay, the bad guy runs out the back door. And I'm like, Tyler, this is your house, right? You should know about the back door. Jesus,
0: you're coming hard for Tyler this episode. Coming hard. Mikey moment, which I already mentioned, is the aloha joke, because that was the thing that really made me feel like, OK, I get what they're going for. Pete's giving me the finger right now. Hello. Right back to you, Pete. Hello. Aloha. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. I keep thinking about that. It's so well delivered, but it really just it elevates the whole thing to another level in a very clear way. And I, I love that. So if you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York. Come on by and we will chat with you about Lock and Key. Socially, Lock and Key Pod on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, iTunes, Android, Spotify, or Stitcher, or the app of your choice. Please subscribe. Also comment Unlock and Key Unlocked on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and more. We will be recapping every episode of the series. Now, Pete and I had a little bit of a tiff about it in the last episode, so I wanted to clarify. New episodes are going to be going up every, what do you think, five hours, Pete? Something like that.
2: Fuck
0: yep. you. Yeah. No, we'll, we'll aim to put them up uh, at least once a week, if not more frequently. So stay tuned for all that. Thank
2: you once a week. Uh,
0: maybe every two hours, I think now is the pace for the episodes. And Aloha, keep, motherfucker. Keep it locked right here.